Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you, or say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal, and so dishonor the name of my God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There are, I feel, certain holidays that we celebrate that aren't religious, technically, but it still feels right to worship on those days. Like, like Thanksgiving, for example. Doesn't it just feel right? Like, like it's one of the most well-attended services of the year for our church, and I know a lot of other churches, to, to come together that day or the day before and, and thank our Creator for everything before the day when we are grateful for everything. It just feels right to be in church. And I think Mother's Day is kind of the same. It's, it's not religious like Easter or Christmas, but it feels right to be here. And every Mother's Day, I reflect on that. And I think about that. And I think about Jesus. And I think about how God created everything, right? And then, and then he decided to send his son Jesus to become part of his own creation, to come into the world. And I think he could have chosen to come in any way, shape, or form, right? Like, like he could have just laser beamed down from heaven. He could have shot out from nowhere. Like I think about this last week, it was May 4th, right? And so we say, may the 4th be with you. And the Lutherans respond by saying, and also with you. There's three Lutherans here. Nobody else. But the rest of you know the response, right? Like, I just think, like, that's the way that Hollywood has come up with things. Like, couldn't God have come up with so many different ways to send Jesus? Could have been in a lightning strike. It could have been so many ways that he could have come. But in all of those opportunities, in all of those infinite possibilities, he chose to come into the world through the arms of a mother. And not just to have a mom while he was here, but to be conceived in a mother, to grow for nine months in the womb of another human being, a mother. Now, if you've been around for a while here at St. John's, or specifically, I think it was Palm Sunday when we shared this, my, I shared with you that, that my wife Alyssa and I are expecting our fifth child. Uh, she's almost 20 weeks pregnant um, today, uh, this, this upcoming week. And uh, a couple of you might be kind of nodding and smiling. And uh, the reason is because we've had some conversations probably, and, and we haven't been shy to share that uh, this came as a bit of a surprise to us. And um, there's a couple of reasons, not just because five is a big number, though I am a little concerned that this might be what it takes to tip the scales and the children might take over our house. So if, if, if Alyssa, she plays violin, if she doesn't show up on Sunday and I don't show up on Sunday, please call for help, okay? Don't come alone. It's dangerous. But come someone and help us. I'm worried, okay? But the, but the other reason is it's, it's been 10 years since Alyssa had our second child. And you may not know that about us. We've been foster parents pretty much that entire time, and we've adopted since that time. So there's been children in our midst, but Alyssa hasn't physically carried a child 
for a decade, and that's a, that's a long time. And so, so we've been processing this, and, and I'll just be honest with you. There's just been this, this wide range of emotions involved. We've experienced a lot of challenges in growing our family. I've shared some of those in church, and, and so we're asking a lot of questions. We're asking, is this child going to be okay? Is, is Alyssa going to be okay? And, and I'd lie if I didn't say that, that those questions pretty much dominated our minds from the moment that the pregnancy test was positive until the first ultrasound appointment. You remember that first ultrasound? Any of you who are parents, you might, might remember this. It's, it's when you go in and they show you just the earliest imagery. You see the little head and the little body forming. Little guy, it's a boy, by the way. We found that out. So four boys and one girl, that's where we're at. And... And I'm not going to say that in that moment that all of our fears went away, all of our concerns and our questions were gone, but, but maybe for the first time in this experience, there was also a glimmer of awe and hope as we looked at this reality that there's a child growing inside of my wife. Of course, we remembered all the questions we came to that appointment with, too. And eventually, we asked them, and we actually asked a lot more questions, too. We asked questions like, like is, is he going to be okay? Is that heart rate healthy? Does that look right? Is everything going to progress normally? Do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing for the Packers in the fall or not? <laughs> I didn't ask that question. First time, if there's any first-time dads, don't ask that question. Not, not the most sensitive thing, but I do wonder. Anyway, not, it doesn't have anything to do with my sermon. But to pretty much every question we did ask, the doctor had the same answer for all of them. And the answer was, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All we can say for today is that today he's okay. And that's all you get at that stage, isn't it? And, and it's amazing with all the technology that we have these days and, and even more today than we did 10 years ago when our last biological son was born. It's like it's advanced even more. And yet with all of that, with being able to peer into the womb with ultrasound imagery, with all the testing that's possible, we're still only given the assurance of this moment, of this one moment. We don't know what the future will bring. And as much as I think we like to think that, that life gets more predictable when a human life enters into the world, I'm not so sure that's true either. And I think that's a fitting transition into the scripture reading that we're focusing on today, on this Mother's Day. Today's the, the fourth Sunday in a week in a series that we're calling, How Do I Pray?, and in this series and in the small groups that we have going on throughout the week, we are asking that question, how do I pray? And we're following the way Jesus answers the question in the Lord's Prayer. We find it in Matthew 6, and you probably know the words, so why don't you actually, if you're here in person, if you're home, do it with us too. Um, join us as uh, we read Matthew 6, beginning at verse 9. This is how Jesus teaches us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And what we've learned so far, if you missed the first three weeks, I'll give you a summary in just one sentence. Here's what we've learned from that part of the Lord's Prayer. Prayer connects the present to the eternal. Say that with me as well. Prayer connects the present to the eternal. 
Prayer connects the present to the eternal. What does that mean? It means that whatever it is that you're going through today, however you're feeling in the present, prayer connects this mortal moment with the immortal eternity of God. Prayer connects your limited perspective with God's infinite point of view of everything, which is especially helpful when you've got questions that can't be answered, and at the same time, you desperately need God to meet your every need. Which is why today we continue the Lord's Prayer in focusing on the next thing that Jesus teaches us to pray. In verse 11, he says, Pray, give us today. Our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Now, now just, just imagine for a minute, okay? And I know it's the, it's the later service, right? So how many of you are a little bit hungry right now? Show of hands. All right, I'm going to talk about pie, but not that kind of pie, all right? I'm going to talk about a pie chart. You know what a pie chart is, right? So just imagine you have a pie chart. You draw a pie chart, and that pie chart represents your prayers, so just all the prayers that you pray over the course of a week or a month or a year. And each piece of the pie, big or small, represents the different kinds of petitions you bring before God. The different kinds of prayers. Like you got one piece of pie that's the prayers of thanksgiving. Praying and thanking God for who he is, for what he's done. You got another piece of the pie that's how many times you ask for forgiveness. You got another piece of the pie that's praying for your enemies. And then the last piece of the pie is your prayers for what you need. So food, shelter, money, a job, uh, good grades, good health, needs for your family. That's your pie, okay? Now, without doing this physically and drawing it out, just a show of hands, how many of you would say that that last piece of pie is probably the biggest piece of your prayer pie? That last piece that represents your prayers asking God for what you need. Like, how many people would say with pretty, pretty much with confidence that you ask God for what you need more than you ask God for anything else in your prayers? Just show of hands. I'm going to put my hand up. Right? I think that's most of us. I think most of us spend the majority, doesn't mean you don't thank God, doesn't mean you don't do all those other things, but I think most of us would say that we spend the majority of our prayer time asking for what we need. And the reason I point that out is because Look again at, at verse 11 in, in, in Matthew 6. Jesus, in, in his answer to how to pray, he only devotes one line to what we devote our entire prayers to some nights, right? Like we devote so much to that part of our prayers, and yet Jesus says, give us our daily bread. That's it. That's the only sentence. It's not even that long of a sentence. And not only that, but he also doesn't even tell us to pray for bread for tomorrow. It's just for today. He actually warns us a few verses later in verse 34. He says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Give us today our daily bread. That's it. That's all he tells us to pray for. Not show us where our bread will come from tomorrow. Not protect all the bread that I have gathered today in the cupboard so I can keep eating it for years to come. Now, does that mean you're not going to need bread later? Does that mean you're not going to need bread tomorrow? No, of course we're going to need bread tomorrow. But just like the first ultrasound appointment, all we are guaranteed is today. All we're guaranteed is today. And not only is that true, but 
But I believe that in teaching us how to pray this way, we're being taught by Jesus to have a focus that will carry us through whatever moments we're going to face in our life. And, and part of that is because I know that this concept of daily bread is not new to Jesus. And he knew it wasn't new to him either. It came from the New Testament book of Exodus. If you don't know that story, God rescued the Jewish people. They were slaves in Egypt, right? And he brought them to this place called the Promised Land, but they had to walk through the desert to get there. And the desert is known for its lack of basic necessities, right? It's known for not having water, and it's known for not having bread. And so these people got hungry. And they wanted to go back to Egypt to be able to eat and to drink. And God said this through their leader Moses. He said, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. And the people are to go out every day and gather just enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. And this is what happened. This is what they did this entire time. This is how God provided for them. They would wake up in the morning and this stuff called manna, this bread from heaven, would appear. And other than the day before the Sabbath, they were instructed not to take any more than they needed for that day. And so, you know, just like you and I, what do you think they did? <laughs> they took more than they needed and it rotted. It became rotten. Now, why was this? Why would God do this? Well, because it was a test. Why would he test them this way? Well, because he wanted to teach them something. He wanted to teach them that they needed to trust that God would provide for their needs every single day. Why? Well, because they were going to need God, not just in the desert, but even more so, they were going to need God where they were going. And so by providing daily bread every day, this daily opportunity to wake up and look out the window and see that God had provided once again, they were learning. They were developing this prayer muscle that reminded them every day that God will provide for my everyday needs. And Jesus wants you to have that same strength as well. That's why he teaches us to pray and ask God, give us our daily bread. Because he knows that you don't just need God today, but you're going to need God tomorrow. And you're going to need God the next day because God knows what you're going to face in the future. And the book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom. And the author is looking back and thinking about this, and he's reflecting on this truth, and he's reflecting on what God has taught their people through this daily bread. And just before the reading, if you're looking at your own Bible, you'll see that he establishes who God is. And he describes that God is awesome, and that he's beyond comprehension, that he's the one whose hands can hold the wind, and he's in control of all things. Verse 5, it says, every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. And then after all of that, and God is established, this is who God is, the author prays. And he asks for two very simple things. It says this in verse 7, he says, two things I ask of you, Lord. Now, do not refuse me before I die. Here's the first one, verse 8. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Okay, that's the first thing he asks. And the second thing is give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Now, 
the first one's self-explanatory, right? Like, keep falsehood and lies away from me. That's a good prayer, right? I could, I could get behind that. But what about the second one? He says, give me neither poverty nor riches. Now, now just show of hands, right? Let's just, just test this. How many of you have ever had to pray at some point that you would not be poor, that you would have enough for your needs? Just show of hands. I think most of us have probably prayed that, okay? Put your hand up if you've ever asked God to never make you rich. <laughs> Has anyone? It's the third service Lisa Falcon's mom has. And I'm so glad because I said at the other two services, I want to have coffee with someone who's prayed this because they've got wisdom to share with me. And so we're going to talk after the service. For the rest of us, you've never prayed that before, have you? Never ask God not to make you rich. Like, like, just imagine, let's say you leave church today and you decide on a whim, I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket. I'm not encouraging you to go buy a lottery ticket. But let's say you're going to go do that. And you go to the gas station. There's two kinds of tickets available. The first one is the Powerball ticket. That's your first option. They're both the same price. The Powerball jackpot, I looked it up, is like $150 million. That's how much you're going to get if you win, okay? The second ticket that you could buy for the same exact price is the daily bread ticket. That's what they're calling it, okay? And here's what the daily bread pays out. It pays out once a day the median income for the city that you live in. And so I looked it up, and in, in the city of Elkhorn, that means that that ticket, if you win will pay out $78 per day. Now, how many people want that ticket over the ticket for $150 million? <laughs> how many people want that? Here's the thing. This is why I'm illustrating this. The author of Proverbs says, I don't want to win the Powerball. If I get a ticket and it wins, make it fly away in the wind. I don't want it. I want only what I need. And if I don't even need $78 a day, then don't even give me that. If I just need $10, then just send that my way. Only give me what I need. Why would he pray that? Why would he pray that? Here's why. Because he knows if he gets all the bread he could ever want, he will be left with one thing and one thing only, a lot of bread. That's all he'll have is a lot of bread. But if he has to go back for bread every single day, he won't just have bread, but he'll also have God. And he needs both. And you and I need both as well. Doesn't mean the bread isn't important, but we need God too. And that's why he says in verse 9, he says, he says don't make me rich, don't make me poor. Otherwise, I might have too much and disown you and say, who's God? I'll forget who you are. Or I might become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. He knows in his wisdom that comes from God himself that by only having enough today, he would be required to go back to God tomorrow and the next day and the day after that and by doing that, he would never forget that God is with him always. Not just to provide bread, but to provide whatever he might need that day. And that leads me to three things that I think we can walk away with that I want to leave you with about praying for daily bread. The first one's this. Daily bread doesn't determine your circumstances. It helps you get through them. 
Say that again. Daily bread doesn't determine your circumstances. It helps you get through them. I I actually didn't mean for you to say it, but you did. (laughs) That's awesome. Why don't you give the rest of my sermon too? (laughs) That's great. I want us to learn this. Daily bread doesn't determine your circumstances, but it does help you get through this. Here's why. Because it doesn't take long, does it, to go through life and realize that there are circumstances in our lives that are beyond our control and beyond our comprehension, right? Like, we're all nodding our heads because we've already learned that it's true. And while we cannot always change them, because that's true too, we may not ever be able to understand them, but God does invite us into them to ask him to give us what we need to get through them. Do you see this? See, the psalmist writes this in Psalm 24. He says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's the promise. And so daily bread can come in many forms. It could come in the form of a friend. It can come in the form of a hug. It could come in in a glimmer of hope that just crosses your mind in a dark season. And, And you know what? Sometimes it's not even a full piece of bread. Sometimes it's a daily cracker. That's what it feels like. It's just enough to sustain us while we continue to hunger for the bread of heaven. That's the first thing we learn. The second thing we learn about daily bread is that it is never selfish to ask God for daily bread. It is never selfish to ask God for daily bread. God is a good parent who wants to give us what we need. And I have to say that because I can tell you in all my years as a pastor, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to someone and I've said, have you asked God for that? Have you brought that before the Lord? Have you prayed about that? And I've heard over and over again, no, I haven't done that. I don't want to bother God. I don't think it's right. I don't think God wants to hear what I need. He's too busy or this or that or the other thing. No, that's not true. And it's not because I feel that way. This is what God's word says. He wants to give you those things. Look at what he says in Matthew 7. It says, Jesus said this, which of you, he's talking to earthly parents right now, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he'll give him a snake, right? This is absurd. And so if you then, though you are evil, he's saying though you are broken, because we are all broken, earthly parents, right? If you know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more do you think your Father in heaven will give good gifts to those who ask him? And and don't just think about God as a father. It's Mother's Day, right? Like God is beyond that concept of fatherhood. Look at what God says through Isaiah. He says to a people who need comfort, he says, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. And you will be comforted over Jerusalem. We learn is that God may not always give us what we want, but he will give us what we need when we ask. And the last thing that we learn is this, daily bread is a reminder to turn back to God daily. Daily bread is our reminder to turn back to God daily. God does not ignore the challenges that you're facing tomorrow, but instead of telling you exactly how they're going to play out, he promises us something even greater. He says that he will be with you with what you need to get through them. Psalm 68 says this, Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily, daily 
bears our burdens. I wonder if sometimes as as we look up at the cross, we think that he bears our burdens 2,000 years ago and he's going to bear our burdens when we die, but he's not bearing our burdens today. Do you see what the Bible says? That's not true. He is bearing your burdens right now. And tomorrow he will bear your burdens right now. Because Lamentations 3 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every, say it with me, morning. Great is your faithfulness. Which leads us to a prayer testimony that I want to leave you with today on this Mother's Day. It's by a young mom. Her name is Ashley Mew. Uh, she's a, a member of our community here. She grew up in this church. Uh, her and her fiancé and her boys and her parents, they were all here at the last service. And they still stay connected to us in a variety of ways. And, and a year and a half ago, um, they experienced a tragedy. They experienced a miscarriage. A daughter passed away in birth. And when I sent a, a, ch- a church-wide email before this series on prayer, I sent an email out, and many of you would have received it, and I asked people to share their experiences with answered prayers. And Ashley responded to that email, and she shared with me how God answered her prayers and how he was present with her and with her family during one of the most heartbreaking seasons of her life. And so I responded, and I said, I know it would be a lot, but I'm wondering if you might be willing to share your experience with others here on Mother's Day. And there's a little bit longer version that we'll post online, but I want to share with you the bulk of her story that she said yes, that she would be willing to share with you today. Let's watch. Good morning. This is my second Mother's Day as a mom of three, but my eighth with only two children present. My name is Ashley Mew. I grew up attending St. John's along with my parents and family. I have most recently attended Emmanuel Lutheran Church, but I also stay connected here, which is why I saw Pastor Tom's email about the series you're doing on prayer. I sent him my own recent experience with prayer and the loss of my daughter Josie a year and a half ago, and he responded by asking if I would share it with you here on Mother's Day. When he asked, I didn't know if I would have the courage to do it. However, I said yes because I wanted to share some of the ways that God has shown me that he's still faithful in the midst of such a difficult season in my life. I know that I'm not alone, and I don't want anyone else to feel that they're alone either. The song I know by Big Daddy Weave says, You don't answer all my questions, but you hear me when I speak. You don't keep my heart from breaking, but when it does, you weep with me. You're so close that I can feel you when I've lost the words to pray. And though my eyes have never seen you, I've seen enough to say. I know that you are good. I know that you are kind. I know that you are so much more than what I leave behind. This song particularly speaks to my prayer journey. I've always felt that God is listening to my prayers, even if they're not answered immediately. However, he answers them in his time. Rob and I found out we were going to have a baby girl in February of 2020. Just shortly after our first ultrasound, we learned that our baby girl Josie had a health issue in utero. Although it was devastating news, we were hopeful 
since her condition had a 95% survival rate. We loved on and prayed over this baby for the 28 weeks that she was with us in the womb. Unfortunately, things quickly turned as her health began to deteriorate. In addition, I started to develop a condition called Muir syndrome, which resulted in my organs starting to take on fluid, as Josie's organs did as well. The doctor said they needed to take her early. She did not make it through the birthing process. I couldn't believe that I had prayed so hard and the outcome was so awful. How could God not hear my prayers? We were very anxious and fearful. I had to make many decisions that I never thought I'd make way too quickly. We also had to tell our boys and hope that they were understand, would understand without understanding too much. But as the days went by, it became evident that although God did, did not keep our hearts from breaking, he was right there alongside us the whole time. God fully restored my health. He was evident in the joy that my other two children brought to me, and the strength of my fiancé, Rob, and the support of my family and my friends. God was there in the kindness of the nurses, the doctors, and the hospital staff. I'll never forget the nurses and chaplain holding hands and circling us in prayer at the hospital, pre-COVID, of course. And now, a year and a half later, not only do we look back on my pregnancy with Josie and see God's comfort in the midst of our suffering, but he has brought glimpses of joy and hope. For example, just as I know that Josie is with God in heaven, I know that he also has a plan for us here on earth. I've been able to come alongside another family who went through the same thing. We were able to go back to the hospital and thank every doctor, nurse, and technician who made a difference in our life during that difficult time. We were able to treasure our COVID safer at home time instead of worrying about all the things that we weren't able to do. Even though God didn't answer my prayer how I wanted him to, he used prayer to change my heart towards our situation and still uses prayer to keep me connected to my baby in heaven. I'm so thankful for Ashley and for her willingness to, to share her encouragement and her hope and her experience with a God who provides our daily bread. Because you can listen to a sermon and we can read God's word all day long and those things are encouraging and edifying and they draw us near to God. But there are so many people in our midst who have seen this play out. God providing for what they need every single day. And I want you to know that the same is true for you. Psalmist writes this in Psalm 5.3. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. And so while we wait expectantly, let us draw together near to God as we pray for our daily bread. Join me as we pray. Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name. Thank you for giving us the gift and the hope of daily bread in whatever it is that we face on this day. We may not know exactly what tomorrow will bring, but, but you promise us that you will give us what we need to get through it. 
I'm mindful of that promise as I think about Ashley and her family and their experience. And we pray for daily bread on this Mother's Day for her and for so many others for whom this day is a difficult day. We pray for daily bread for each person here in this room and those joining us online. Bread that that would allow us to experience the joy in making memories or in remembering memories. And I pray for daily bread as as our stomachs groan with the hunger that will only be fully satisfied by you on the day when heaven and earth are one forever. Until then, help us to trust as we pray in Jesus' name.